no TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Uh, on second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. able to buy ice cream all the time and all the stuff I really want. So I'm going to have to um, have a job that I really, really like. And when I go to work, I'm not going to have anybody like piss me off or anything because then I'm going to be a miserable adult. All right. Welcome to Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. And I'm O. And I'm No. And together we make Oh No. Oh No. That is so cute. (laughs) (laughs) so today so we this is the podcast that points out shit you didn't know is relevant so what are we pointing out today we are gonna point out how play is important to not just kids but adults as well it's often seen as the opposite of work but i think from everything we've been looking at, that that is a total misconception and play and work can actually be very integrated and actually lead to happiness, mm. which is pretty cool. Uh, actually, some of the research we found, um, one of you guys who, he has, he's like a specialist in it, uh, the opposite of play is actually depression. Where does depression hurt? Everywhere. Who does depression hurt? Everyone. So... Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, our culture really seems to make it like not something for adults. And, uh, you know, this is chill and ambitious. And we're always trying to figure out like about our life innovators, what makes them chill and ambitious. And um, we thought play might be a key to that. And the reason for it is because we have this special guest on our show today. Yes. And her name is Dee. Oh, special guest. Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Dee. Dee. <laughs> Dee, uh, she has started her, she started multiple businesses. The one that I know her from originally is Sweeping Beauty. And uh, what, you have like thousands of clients in New York here? Yeah, which is interesting. It started off with like six. Yes, yeah, so, and so now we've got like, yeah, like oh, almost over. We've served almost, almost over 2,000. We've got tons of like 2, reoccurring 000. clients. Yeah. 2,000 <laughs> clients. And tell us how old you are, Dee. 26. 26. 26 years and old. And through this, just one of her businesses already has 2,000 clients. Yay. Yay. <laughs> she has like investors interested in her. Like this is something that, it means a cleaning business. And um, yeah, shit nobody else wants to do. <laughs> make a lot of money when no one else wants to do it. <laughs> that's actually, that's very true. Seriously. <laughs> Wonderful b- business strategy, finding the hole in the market, right? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Sweeping Beauty NYC. And yeah, I love, um, you employ a lot of your friends as well. Like, yeah, share the wealth. I do it for you niggas and do it for myself. I go zero to one and nigga real quick. Yeah, I feel like not everybody I meet, but like a lot of the friends I meet of yours, they at least part-time like help out and they're a beauty, which yes. explain mm-hmm. what a beauty is. A beauty is a, you're a beautification specialist. It means you go into apartments and you make them look really, really pretty. My whole thing is, uh, when I was out here, I'm like, oh shit, like I've got to make money because I've got like $10 left. 
And so I'm like, oh my God, I can clean. But I was like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to look like a maid. No offense to anyone who's a maid, but I didn't want to look like a maid. I still wanted to be really cute. So I'm like, uh, I'll just dress really nice and go clean houses. <laughs> and then no one would ever know what I did. Not that it's a thing, but I didn't want to look like I clean. I clean with rags. I don't wear them. So the <laughs> girls, <laughs> like I, I just wanted them to always just look cute. Because, I mean, you work for Sweeping Beauty. How else would you look? So in the handbook, like, you know, uniform isn't necessary, but you, like, must have mascara on and at least some type of lip gloss because you come into somebody's house. Yeah. I don't want to open the door for someone, like, scary. <laughs> and if I, <laughs> That's not fun. That's not cute. No. Nobody's going to let you in. The, be- <laughs> the better you look, the better you feel, too. Probably more tips you get. So, yeah. Right. And you probably seem more like you end up seeming like you have like friendships with a lot of your mm-hmm. clients. And yeah, you showing up like a regular person exactly. I think probably puts you on that level more. You know what's funny? I never thought of cleaning as a tip, like tip earning business, like in, outside of a hotel. I, because you just think that the price is built in. I actually never even thought of that. I no. know it's a service. Yeah, the girls get really great tips. They get a lot of gifts and things like that too because, you know, it's not just the cleaning. The girls also, uh, the women and the guys, they um, do all the organizing and things like that too. So we get a lot, tons of gifts and stuff like that. Yeah, so just to be clear, it's not just a cleaning business. It's beautifying a home. So there is yeah. a lot of, you can hire um, any of the beauties for to come in and help you reorganize your life and kind of mm-hmm. get it together. So yeah, we do like wardrobe swaps and things like that. We do um, party help and you know all those sorts of things. But it's all it's all about like you um, imagine if you're like giving this party or you're just like having a tough day and you really need someone to come and help you do a couple things around the house. You can actually have someone you know who you're comfortable with. You can actually talk to, and they're helping you get all your shit done. Yeah, that's how I know you, actually. Exactly. Well, more or less, <laughs> it's how we got a little closer. Yeah. And actually, how we know each other is through um, a mutual friend, John, mm-hmm. who I worked at Desigual, one of my first New York City jobs. And uh, actually, the reason why he felt like he needed to introduce, introduce us to each other was part of the inspiration for this podcast. Uh, I apparently had come into work with... Um, I used to take these oversized chunky sweaters and I would cut off the sleeves and then I'd wear them as leg warmers. Genius. And <laughs> it just made sense to me. And uh, But when John saw that, he was like, you would love my sister D. Like she would do that shit. And we didn't meet till years later. Years but immediately later. I was like... I, was, I like you. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed with how much I like you. I didn't know what to say. I, was, I knew I was quiet that day because I'm just like... Really? <laughs> like, oh my god! Look and at it, this beauty girl. She did, I know, right? <laughs> Look at this love fest. I am like blushing now. And so, and then my head—I think my head was shaved or something like that too. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, she really doesn't have any hair too. That's amazing. Oh yeah, I busted the side of my hair. That. And you were wearing—you were. This is very toned down for what you right now. What you're wearing, but you yeah. were—I think you were wearing like some oversized kind of like hammery pants that were like 10 different patterns and then you had uh, um, like I never, well, you had something oversized as well but then you had like the cami underneath ridiculous yeah and you were just like whatever and I was just like yeah you're fat. I would totally have worn your <laughs> outfit 
And then, and then you told me that you helped organize stuff, and I had this studio. That's how we got into that, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Literally, was taking me like three months to get this studio to even. It was a total mess, and then D came and pretty much just like made it really easy. You did it in like three hours. It's actually like a before and after that I put on Yelp, and I get people like harassing me, being like, "Is that a fake review? They don't believe that the before and after it looks too like." like a tornado hit it and that it was so <laughs> fake that people like really try to question that that was a real, real <laughs> review. They don't, they're like, <laughs> I know it was my, yeah, that was my. <laughs> you just come in with that shimmer dust. You reach in your pocket and you, and then yes. everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all the sweeping beauties holds shimmer dust. No, them? I'm Mother B. I only have the shimmer only dust. They have, have the touch. <laughs> only Mother B has the shimmer dust. <laughs> right. Well, you, you redo, like you actually organize and everything. And you must like, like, even though we had these, um, I think what was interesting about like, so what I did with the leg warmers and what I see you do all the time is pretty much take something that was meant for something else and mm-hmm. rethink a new purpose for it. Exactly. And I think that's part of what you do when you're organizing stuff as well. Like people just see like the disaster or like you're really good at seeing the potential in things. Um, I think it's really obvious in this studio that we're in right now that you're able to just like, yeah. Um, it's so whimsical in here. It's really, really fun. It's it's definitely a space you could live in. It makes me want to live in a studio, <laughs> and I never, ever wanted to live in a studio before. <laughs> you know, because it's like, oh my god, I'm going to live in a box. But I think when you can see the end result, you know, in the beginning, if you can actually see the end result, if you can see the end result, then you can sort of backtrack and go, okay, well, like, how am I going to get? How am I going to get to that point? How yeah. am I going to problem solve and what am I going to do to get to this end result? So. Yeah. The most important element though in here is this place is so playful. It's like full of color and like, like for example, like the guest book for people when they come over, there's a guest book over here on the table. For the couch. <laughs> for the couch. And it like, has couch questions. <laughs> it, has couch. it has like silly couch questions in it. Um, I should read some. It's like, what did you talk to on the couch? And I was like, check, check off like how you would describe how you feel on the couch. It, did you find money in the couch? Yeah, did you find money in the couch? <laughs> did it end up on the money wall over there? <laughs> right. There's a money wall over here too. Um. <laughs> you know what? I wanted the place to be sort of like interactive. No, and it, it very much is, especially with these fun signs over here in case you guys didn't see them. See, this is a 24-7 party you, place. Yeah, tell us about that. Where did you get the 24-7 sign? Okay, well, for if you guys can't see it right now, she has this literally, like, it looks like it's from, like, a bodega or something like mm-hmm. that. But it says 24 slash 7, and it's a neon sign that she has hooked up. You in. know what's funny is that she also is on a 24-7 champagne diet. So, <laughs> like, it's legit. You no, don't it's see this. everyone knows it. It's some um, unicorn water. So when people come over and they're like, oh, I want some water. I'm like, oh. It's unicorn water. <laughs> you, you're going to get you some You have that champagne. shit on tap? I don't, it's don't get me inspired. started. If I can get some champagne on tap, please. <laughs> I am on a 24-hour champagne diet, spilling while I'm sipping. I encourage you to try it. That's that would the be the dream. That's, that's the next business <laughs> venture, man. <laughs> what can, can we talk about your other businesses as well? Love Shack. 
Love Shack is an online boutique and we're going to focus on same day delivery because everything is Insta with what's going on now. So people want instant gratification. You know, you can be on a website and you're like, oh my God, that dress is amazing. Oh, if I had that right now, oh, I need that love jacket right now. What if you could actually pay for it and get it delivered to your door? So this is all like items in in stock or is it like vintage or like resale or what? <clears throat> so we've um, combined uh, the boutique with vintage pieces, uh, repurposed pieces, and a lot of um, uh, quite a bit of designer pieces, like as well, like really old ass like YSL. Um, we've got some Givenchy, like a bunch. Where of, you hiding it? Yeah, <laughs> it's hidden. It's at another location. Don't even get me started with pulling stuff out of different no, no, places. No, no, no. I'm just saying that I need a a, a personal visit. No, just so it's mention. some really dope shit. Yeah. I had it at, at your other place, which had a there was a fire hydrant inside, just like funny shit. I've got to get another fire hydrant. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that'll I've get that'll be my next. Hydrant. Yeah. Totally. No, and so I think again, like here again, you're take like with your vintage stuff. Mo- most of it, some of it you keep as is, but a lot of it you like redo. You you piece things together, mm-hmm. and to you it seems to come very naturally. And we actually there's a there's a psychological term for when people aren't able to do that. People who are like, oh, but it's a cup. Like, why would you ever put flowers in it? You know, like I only put water in it. Like yeah, they exactly. get really stuck with one idea of what something needs to be and it's called functional fixedness and it's actually it's immensely that you can actually go through life without having to like always be like oh what is that thing oh yeah it's a cup like it's it's to like be able to yeah, get through life it's normally. a cognitive bias that your brain like basically makes a shortcut so that you can it can always say like oh yeah that that's what that's for like so like when you first learn to drive it takes you forever to learn how to drive and you have to constantly think about it and then eventually you find out you know you can kind of do it on autopilot and it's really helpful but what it does is it then starts to eliminate the process of critical thinking sometimes ah. so yeah it's great for automatic things that you're like this is how you do it and this is how you always do it but it can become a problem when you're trying to think creatively and actually solve something in a new way exactly um but you seem to not necessarily have so much of a fixed <laughs> no, <laughs> and it's something that actually so they've done studies with it um comparing kids who are five years old are younger and then kids who are a little bit older and they found that actually it's around five six five or six is when people start to really develop this functional fixedness uh before that when they're five they would present uh a puzzle and like pretty much they there's it's hard to explain, but pretty much they would present this problem where the solution required you to think about a box of tax. The box you had to think as, as something else, not just a container for the tax. That was like the key to solving the problem. And so they would do it where they would show the box separate and then a tax in a, in a separate area. So then you, you see the box for a box. You don't all automatically imply that it's a box for the tax. Oh. So once you're around six years old, you start when you see the box with the tax, you have to overcome the idea that like, oh, that box is just for the tax. That it's a container for something instead mm. of something just, that can work on its own. Right, right. While five-year-olds, they did it in the tax in the box tax out of the box it didn't matter they still just saw it for what it they was they could solve the problem the same problem the same way yeah oh. 
so yeah, so kids have that. And I think like there's this childlike spirit of you that's like really inspiring because yeah, you've accomplished so much and you still like, I feel like you never quite take yourself too seriously. Like you know what to take seriously. Like you definitely make stuff happen. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm cleaning houses. And <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to save your, I can't save your life. Like don't worry. Like it, it, this involves no blood, no anything like that. So just chill out. I don't like, I think when things sort, sort of get um serious, all the fun is taken out of it. It's like, oh gosh, now you're wearing me out. Like, then that's why I have to have champagne most of the time. Because <laughs> I'm like, just chill out. It's okay. In the end, we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> just chill out. If you leave me alone, I'll do the job. I'll make the place look pretty. Chill out. I tell the clients this all the time because we have some clients that, you know, we deal with hoarders and things like that. So dealing Ooh. with personality types like that, it's usually connected to tragedy. I want to hear about hoarder stories. <laughs> well, no, isn't, isn't the key with hoarders that like you're not supposed to do the work for them? You're supposed to like help make them do the work themselves too, right? Otherwise, they'll just like re-hoard. Yeah, but that's money. I know. I was just, <laughs> job security. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the thing with hoarders. And I've had some like pretty extreme cases. Um, like I said, you've got to first um, build a relationship with this person. You There can't be, you come in, you're coming in a house and there's instant change. Just toss everything and move everything. No. You got to pinpoint what the mess is connected to. There's usually some sort of tragedy. Like, for example, when I go in to some... Uh, Somehow, some homes or apartments in New York, and let's say I can totally tell when someone's just been through a breakup. There's a lot of doubles in the house, a lot of um, bags that are like just moved in and they're kind of like moping around, like they totally just went through a breakup. They were spending time at his house. Now she's moved back to her place and she's all fucked up. Shit's everywhere. And we connect a bit. next appointment I can sort of you know we begin to talk she's opening up moving things around getting rid of things she's comfortable with me and she knows that you know I just want her place to be normal so she can find another hot guy (laughs) (laughs) no but seriously you can't um it's it's so personable like the service is so you're in someone's personal space you're bringing energy in their home you've Mm got to sort of be chill like I can't be super turnt and high strung in someone's house it's just not gonna work out that way so my energy has to be chill that's why you know at the end of the day I have to come somewhere like this so I can you know you know get that energy back to give it back to someone else in the morning if not like the fuck am I doing I'm gonna be out of business (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be stressed out myself (laughs) that's beautiful though and I think like that just it just so ties in with like what I've been researching and uh there is this guy Stuart Brown he's the founder of the Institute for Play and uh he talks about something called neoteny which is the retention by adults in a species to keep juvenile traits and be able to integrate them. It has a few different ways of looking at it, but they say actually humans are more naturally inclined for that than almost any other animal. There's uh, a lot of like, actually even genetics uh, uh, evidence right now that back this up. And so it's actually a social thing that has taught us, you know, when you're an adult that no longer play is important and that we need to minimize it and that it's in conflict with work 
And I think, um, but that's so not true. That yeah. You, well, what's what's juvenile traits? What will, what would you classify as like a juvenile well, trait? Like, well, I'm like, just interested. I always I I always like <laughs> so recently like now I, I'm self employed, um, but for years I I've always like worked for like other companies, cor- especially corporate companies, and everybody loves how like le- le- jokey I am, but then they also kind of hate it. Like I've had bosses be like. You know, thinking that I wasn't serious because I'm always being like upbeat and mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I still care. I'm just not going to care by acting like a stress case. Yeah, exactly. Because but how do we know you care? <laughs> how do we know you care? That's true. There's very much this idea that, that, um, if you're serious, you're going to act like that taking things seriously has a very specific face, like, Preferably, like someone died, or like, you know, like this <laughs> when an order like may not show up. Yeah, that that you need to react. I mean, it, it will, but any sense that it might not. But it, the other fun, the funny thing about that is also the idea that you have control over these other things. You know that that if act acting worrying becomes um, like it's not helpful. Well, wor- yeah, worrying becomes a sign that you're doing something about it. Right? Oh, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. yeah, and if you're not doing it, then it's like then you're it's not like you don't you're care. not you're not part of the solution when you're actually making the problem worse. But but, but no. people tend to stay at jobs where they like the atmosphere, where there is some kind of play. Like, why do companies like Google and and like all these tech companies they have like ping pong tables and whatever all and over the place, and they advertise that kind of stuff that you know that they that they do these activities and whatever. But that's because it's they want to retain talent because they know that people need that element exactly exactly it's healthy yeah well shit if you love your job you're gonna come back you can chill out (laughs) sometimes you're gonna come back and you'll be more productive exactly well exactly so so one of the he looks uh, so this guy mr brown he looks at a lot of animal behaviors to understand human behaviors in terms of play and one of the ones that he talks about a lot is there's these huskies that are totally just chilling out in the Arctic. And all of a sudden, this polar bear comes out of nowhere. And the polar bear's got that eye. Like, he's in that predator state. And the husky, which isn't uh, a full-grown husky yet, it's still kind of a baby, is able to diffuse the situation by wagging its tail and pretty much with the eyes lit up, just like, hey, you want to (laughs) play? And the polar bear completely removes itself from predatory mode and doesn't and doesn't um and actually even rest, plays wrestles with the dog. He's like the the dog is so trusting in this area That's that so it cute. actually becomes this like amicable play and it's actually like a part of survival and i just thought of you like in your orders i've had some bad little situations bad little situations (laughs) if that even makes any sense but like serious like when they're like crying and screaming and like really rude yeah like super fucking rude and you're like oh my god you're just hurting yeah it's okay but yeah you gotta make nice with them or it'll be like terrible like i've had one guy no names i had one client on 96th street i kid you not there was <laughs> one apartment where he actually lived and then there was another apartment literally a block away where he was hoarding everything and it was yeah yeah so one of us could have lived there 
it was, not in the filth, but two apartments, one for hoarding, one for living. It, and he was one of the most difficult clients I've ever, ever, ever had in my life. Was he like in denial about it too? Yes. He'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. That. And he was so combative with me just as a woman. I noticed. And then I, mm. you know, digging deeper and going through the clutter, he had gone through a bad divorce. Oh, I was going to say and I had mommy issues, but that too. It, it, was the, it was the divorce that, it, and you know, it was just interesting. But if you can identify, or for me, you know, identifying what the problem is, what led to all the clutter. If I can understand that I can connect with the client and actually get them to, you know, declutter and all that stuff. So some of your happier clients, would you say that you feel like they had a pretty, like, do they open up to you about like their childhood? Do they talk about how like what their lives were like? Yeah. Do Do you find that they probably had were more childlike overall throughout the, you know, growing up? Without a doubt. I've got a client uh, in Tribeca and walking into her home, unbelievable. Like it's so, um, yeah, I totally can use the word. It's really chill, very playful, Um, you know, overlooks like the Hudson and all that stuff. And she'll greet you and like, oh, do you want a Coke and take off your shoes and let me know if you need anything. Everything's chill, whatever. I do what you're Mm going to do. That's because she enjoys herself. She's got shitload of money and doesn't take herself too seriously. She knows what she's here for and she knows why I'm I'm there. She's like, I'm gonna let you do your thing. I'm gonna be sitting here and let me know if you need me. But her background, just you know, like living in California, um, chasing bands and just like enjoying herself, you can totally um and what she does, uh, her profession, she's a, um, she does acupuncture. Mm-hmm. So she's in charge of transferring energy. Yeah, so she's... So, exactly. So it totally makes sense why her home is so chill and why she's so relaxed and her, you know, great childhood, things like that. But I, that's interesting that you say that because it's, uh, I can notice the difference well, you, in the clients. It's funny, this, um, the same doctor, Dr. Brown, mm-hmm. uh, in their studies that he studied uh, people even in, in prisons or whatever, and he could tell, um, they could determine which people were murderers or not based on um, the amount of play, like structured play, structured play they had as a child. Wow. So people who don't um, get play as children, get to be children and play actually are way more likely to. It's actually what got him to. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really yeah. bad. It's actually what got him to start the Institute for Play. He didn't he wasn't interested in play. He was actually trying to figure out the patterns of why um there are these serial killers and mass murderers. It was actually back um I wanna say the sixties when there was one of the biggest mass shootings uh in history. And not now we have more. We now we have Virginia Tech, which beat it, but still um, um, and this is not a competition, people. Yeah. <laughs> people stop. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really bad. Um, but he's still doing his research now. But pretty much consistently, all these people who were responsible for mass shootings all either and or had abusive, what we would call abusive childhoods, but also as a result, didn't get to have some sort of structured play. Mm. And um, a lot of times they can come off like very normal people, but like there's a it's that same thing where play is related to de- 
depression, I'm not having plays related to depression. And if you don't have enough play, you have a very dark idea of the world. And not to say if you're necessarily like in an abusive household that you're necessarily going to have that happen, but you have to find a way. There's stories of people who were in abusive households and they found a way to make it playful for themselves Mm -hmm. as a survival technique. And they got out of it because they were able to like make a game out of their situation in some way or having some sort of world. Oh my God. Like when Michael Jackson was playing with the little mouse. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like he was like working and he was like, how old? And remember the mouse? I can't remember. Yeah. And what then he, he had to- like a whole amusement park in his backyard yeah. as an adult. Some questionable, prop- possibly questionable goings on there now what the fuck would michael need in his house if he was trying to make little boys feel comfortable i don't know a goddamn amusement park some motherfucking animals some video games some free Highly he fun. was very yeah he was like everyone always talked about how he acted like such a child this nigga climbing up in trees and shit talking about don't you climb trees no motherfucker we got bills and shit take your peter pan ass and make some peanut butter or some shit but yeah it could be, definitely. Rest in peace. Yes, rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have, uh, as a kid, what was like some of your favorite games or play that you that you had? Is that, like, you know what is interesting, and I bet you won't believe me when I say this, but I didn't play a lot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I would play Office all the time because I always wanted an office. <laughs> don't you play? play? Still play. I was it's really about bad. using your imagination. I wouldn't go outside. I wouldn't ride a bike. I would just stay in the house. Playing office. Playing office or I'd change my outfits and change my hair because I was so worried about like how I looked and what I wanted to wear and shit like that. That sounds so crazy but I didn't play a lot outside I would play in the house and I would set up this office I could barely even like write I don't even know what the fuck I was like what kind of office where you at it was just like this office and a stapler paper <laughs> all this stuff. that's but, a Capricorn no, me, but, but actually that does, that's a perfect example of like that is still play it's still using creativity it's like having this like this very you don't want to have this idea of this is the one thing that play is. Mm-hmm. And I love that you imagine that because the typical thing is that you play house. Like that's what yeah. what you play see on. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty game. <laughs> Yo, you know, well, we'll go off into a whole nother thing. But yeah, I, I actually one. play that as an adult. Didn't work for me. <laughs> Oh my god, you're hysterical. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but you played Office. I actually I played Office. Oh my god. You had bigger dreams. <laughs> I had a grocery store and my dad would be a customer sometimes. I'd make him and then he would like always come up with stupid things I wouldn't want to play anymore. Like he'd be like, Oh, those bags are fifty cents each. And I'm like, Dad, you don't charge for the bags. He's like, Bags cost money. And I'd be like, you're he, ruining all of He was fun. trying to teach you a, re- a lesson and you were like, this is I not how it goes. I hate you. This is over. Ah, get out of my store. Get, get out of my store. You're trying to get out of my store. store. Pretty much. And he was like, yes. <laughs> Gonna go back to watching TV now. <laughs> well, you're very resilient. And that's another thing about, about the kids that get to play. Mm-hmm. Even if they're playing office. Mm-hmm. Playing, playing with their hair. <laughs> Wait, you have a sister, right? 
Yeah, I'm one of five. Yeah, so what? They, Me did too. they did they play uh, with you sometimes, <clears throat> or were you totally just like office alone, just like fuck them? Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, seriously, like I would want to play alone because I would want things in a certain <laughs> order. Like, don't touch the paper like that. Don't do that. There's a home video of me I saw last time I went. <laughs> Are you just like California. a secretary, like an '80s like powered <laughs> suit? You probably had like Mickey Mouse leggings and like a bow in your hair. <laughs> You're like with like a power perm. <laughs> Yo, so we're like in my grandmother's backyard. It's like a, a barbecue. Uh, in South Central, of course, because I'm that LA. But anyways, <laughs> so all the kids are playing and then like I come out of nowhere and first I'm like, who is that? I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Like, Jesus. And I'm telling all the kids, get in line. Like you got to get in a straight line. <laughs> and my sister's like, see, you've always done it. Like you've always <laughs> been that fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> you've always been an organizer and you've always been playful. But I'm so chaotic. No, Not chaotic, but everything like... It, I, like we were speaking earlier, like a, a Capricorn is like this, um, you know, uh, what is this headstrong goat? And yeah. <laughs> things are like, you know what I mean? And they are, but you've got this side that's like, no, I've got to, if I'm going to succeed in business, if I'm going to, you know, have all the nice things that I love, then I'm going to have to like be comfortable somewhere. Yeah. So feet I on can- the ground, head in the clouds. And that's exactly what it is. Well, I think that's totally. yeah. that's the recipe and that like, yeah, you're not just chilling like fucking around. And all the- ambitious. Yeah, she's chilling ambitious. Right you are, yeah. <laughs> right over the bed, it says, um, you love, you love nice things, dot, dot, dot. Bitch, get your ass up and make that money. <laughs> because like, you know, like I've got to get up in the morning and go to work and like get out and get it. And- yeah, yeah. In, you know, spare time, uh, everything, like I said, is about hospitality for me. That's why I love the business that I'm in. But on the weekends for us to have fun and things like that. And I think about everyone else who's working just yeah. as much. What do we have for ourselves? Like that whole um, very unbirthday that we did not too long oh, ago. Oh, so yeah. Cute. Can you want to tell us about the very unbirthday party? Very yeah. unbirthday party. Um, John, actually, I was... we were The mutual friend. Yeah, the mutual friend. So we're on the train and I'm like, I want to have a birthday party for everybody because everybody loves birthday parties, like a pinata, a birthday cake. Like, I don't care who you are. You love a fucking birthday party, a kid's birthday party. You remember like yeah. how fucking dope they were. So he's like, oh, that's a very young birthday. Like when Alice met the Mad Hatter. And, you know, it was this birthday for everybody. It's nobody's birthday. We're just going to, like, celebrate and have a birthday party. It was a shit. So tell us a little bit about how you started Sweeping Beauty. Mm Because I think that's a really good story. Because you're actually, you're a designer as well. You're a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. Um, But you seem like you've spent very little time working for other people. You've always, like, done this entrepreneurial thing. I think it's been like maybe I would say eight years because even back in California, I was doing, um, I was freelance. So I was working with Lifetime for a bit. I worked, um, doing wardrobe with a production company for a bit. So I've always had to invoice people. But once I got out here, I'm like, Oh shit, what am I going to do? I wanted to be like a stylist and I'm like, Oh, that's going to pay me like pennies. But I had to figure out what everybody else didn't want to do. So I'm like, I could clean. 
Like I could clean and organize and then get paid that day. It it starts off by necessity. Like entrepreneurs, it's not like, oh, I want to start this big business and do all this stuff. No, you got to be like pressed for money because then you really <laughs> just figure it out. You don't like put things off and think you need a business plan to start a business first. No, you need an idea to get people to pay for things. That's how I saw it. So I'm like, well, everybody needs their shit clean. So I can start off like that. As it really progressed, I then sort of put the business together. Like meaning like, oh, now I can offer organizing. As I was in homes, I saw what people really needed. So after that, like literally just sat there and tried to think of a really catchy name and then try to incorporate everything from my design background. Because then I, you know, started to learn about New York City. So I'm like, New Yorkers are very cosmopolitan. Give them what they need, but make it look really nice too. Right. You know what I mean? It's not some, you know, country town and they can just use any other maid service. New Yorkers want the best of the best. And they'll pay for it. Exactly. And and it's so smart to add that like extra, you know, the element of making it every, like doing the organizing everything, but then also like being presentable in a very specific way. Like... Because they take you more seriously. Exactly. And I wanted to be the topic of conversations when I was not there with my clients. <laughs> For my clients to go, oh, uh, oh, so-and-so. Like I had Sweet and Beauty come today. They did this, this, and that. And then the other friends go, oh, like, who's Sweet and Beauty? Like, yeah, she's this and she's that. And the girls are so nice. And the girls are always pretty. That's not in the... um contract no you don't need that to interview it just has happened that way but (laughs) the girls are nice like the girls are actually really chill exactly so and guys and got the guys have been pretty hot too (laughs) the guys have been really hot yeah actually that's not in the but if you are i'm just kidding (laughs) but hey you looking for a job you got two hands a good attitude and a clean record and a clean record (laughs) This might be your place. So that's how Sweeping Beauty started. Like I was literally, it was totally by necessity. I kid you not. I was renting a room over on 189th and I can just remember crying and it was really hard at $10. What year is this? 2010 or 2011. Okay. 2010 or 2011. It was unbelievable. I'm like, no, I've just got to stick to it. And the first few months are really hard because you can't just, I'm like, how do you get clients? Because it's a really competitive industry. That's right. another thing too. Oh yeah. So it's like nobody here cleans their own place. Right. <laughs> it's like, and, and, it's either just they live in filth or they pay for it. That's pretty much. But then the, the whole Groupon thing was big. Oh yeah. So, and our services are kind of pricey. So people were looking for Groupon and living social and all that stuff. And here we are like, and the price is like, oh shit, like that's mm-hmm. a lot. I can go get a Groupon. You get what you pay for though. So I had to stick that out. Because another thing is, you know, with being an entrepreneur and me setting the tone for my business before I was huge, I said, okay, this is how I am. This is how the business is going to be. This is the tone of the business. It's fun and chic. It's cute. But I had to stand by that, even though we needed money. Exactly. Because sometimes you you think, oh, I've got to compromise myself. No, you wait out. You know how much you're worth. You stick to that. And it helps in the end, it helps build the branding. Then everybody gets it. Yeah. Everybody knows that um, for Christmas or for my birthday, if I'm coming to your house, for my, give me champagne. 
These are the clients, but that's the tone of the business. I had mm-hmm. to stick to everything. Like my girls are beauties and everyone needs to know that. So when the doorman expects the girls, they expect a beauty. When you book an appointment, you request a beauty. You have a beauty request. So you stick to that. <laughs> and yeah, like, Again, beauties the are the names of, or beauties are the, the, uh, cleaners. <laughs> we'll say yes. cleaners. Yes. <laughs> there are the, C-word. they're decent yeah. players. <laughs> place. That damn C word. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but that's no, that's really important because people are also they're going to use the group on once and then it's not going to work. Exactly, anymore, right? you're going to have your thirty dollar, like you know, quick clean that's not really going to be anything, and you're still going to need to go back and say I want it done well. Yeah, and it just becomes honestly knowing and also knowing who's in your house. Like it's that's like we don't use the cleaning service, but my biggest thing is like. You don't know who's you like you want to know who's coming in your house. Exactly. Exactly. And so um what's the thing? We've got a lot of people who like you said for thirty dollars you can get someone to wipe something really quick, but we've got a lot of people who cheat on their cleaners too. <laughs> a lot of people who cheat on their cleaners with us. <laughs> and like so and so doesn't so and so doesn't do a good job. I just need you to come for a deep clean once a month. Yeah, we get that a lot. And the mistress. So how did <laughs> you're like, I'm okay That's with hilarious. that. It's totally fun. As long as you got my money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um wait, so then how did you get your clients? Was it just com- I mean, I would word of mouth, but how did you get the first few ones? Uh well, friends. No, well, through um, through clients, I was actually um, sewing dresses for and things like that. They mm. knew I was sort of trying to start this business, and then of course, like the back then, Craigslist was like amazing. So I was like a Craigslist whore for like mm. you know a couple months, and it was Craigslist whore meaning like you, if you're a person who's posted on Craigslist so much that they block you for a day, you are a Craigslist whore. <laughs> so not one to be found in the the misconnections. The misconnections. No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Or casual encounters. No, hell no. (laughs) Or services offered, even though that sounds sketchy too. But no, I would post under under that for cleaning services and things like that. But it really came, the boost in business came once I had that one client. And then it's like a regular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. That's what's also really impressive about you. You like knew when to delegate. Like you were just telling me earlier that you don't do much of the cleaning anymore that you... I do a lot of the organizing. You do now. the organizing now. And like quality control. I'm with the girls. I still clean. Like I still want to know. I still want the girls to know that I know what they're doing. And I, you know, I would never send them anywhere. I wouldn't go myself personally. Right. But um, I think that's a big part of it, though. You've got to know what you're capable of and what you aren't. Yeah. And it sets an example, too, that like the manager or the big that the boss is still willing to do it, that she understands what your workload is like. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I know, like, what it is and how much time it takes to do something. And I know when something's outrageous, like, oh, my God, this person's unbelievable. They need, like, eight more hours of service. <laughs> so, you know, like, but I, I tell the girls that the the beauties are just important as the clients because they're the ones that are, you know, keeping the business running and things like that. So Yeah, and you yeah. Said a lot of people are friends or started out as friends. Have they kind of grown with you, like, into the other, like, facets of your business like you know what i've worked with a lot of um younger women before and one thing i do notice that uh they and i can say this for myself there was a lot i didn't know when i was coming when you know moving into new york and you think with a job like cleaning you don't really learn anything you're just 
it's it's something you're like doing. You actually learn a lot, a lot about um, the way other people. Oh my goodness, the raccoon has made an appearance. There's a raccoon mm-hmm. in the back. I told Where's you. Where's the raccoon? That's oh my Marquise. God. That's Where's totally. Marquise? Look, oh my he comes God. every night. There's Marquise. That's, That's what she so weird. In New York. I, I guess they are. They're rodents. That's so hot. I love it. I love his color. He's actually kind of cute. He is cute. He's He's, you're name. like Pocahontas. Right? Oh, I'm <laughs> bald Wait, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I guess Pocahontas too. And also, wasn't it? Snow White, where all the animals, the birds and all the shit came to her. Cinderella as well. You know what? Cinderella has a clean. Cinderella, (laughs) Sweeping Beauty. Oh my goodness. Maybe it's Sweeping Beauty. Oh, it's it's just come full circle. Now you learn a lot of stuff, yo. And then you are like connecting with people you wouldn't even normally know in a, your mm-hmm. regular life. You know, that's what I love. Like clients that I would never, I think I would never even talk to. So she's got some celebrity clients. Yeah. It's New York. Of course. Got some cute, some cute well, clients. And also <laughs> heard that. You know, you're the best in town, so obviously no one sweeps the way she sweeps. If I can't clean it, it can't be clean. No, I'm I'm like, I wanted to totally turn something like that into something like chic. Like, it's like cleaning. Like, uh. But if you think about it, cleaning has become a big thing. Like when, like now you get on the subway and there's ads for like handy and like all these cleaning service Mm -hmm. and this this whole like shared economy sort of thing going on. So, and the yeah. thing, like, I mean, all, all anyone really wants, like, and I know that some people try and argue with me when I say this, but everyone wants to be surrounded by beauty. And like, that's why you work. That's why you do your hair. That's why like you go to the gym. That's why you move into a nicer building. That's why you go to a fucking museum. It's like, and we're not necessarily a culture that we're like, in America, so young, and it didn't really like invest in art the way that other countries mm-hmm. have, like over time. So, like, you're not surrounded by beauty, and like, just keeping your house like tidy or whatever, like, it totally impacts how you feel. Exactly. And like, as y- it makes so much sense, though, that cleaning takes up like it's a beautifying process. It is. It's a beautification process. My mother would always tell me. Oh, um, your home needs to look as good as you do. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? You look this good and you go home and it just looks like crap. And it doesn't mean that you live in this beautiful, big, gorgeous apartment. It's you need to take as much pride in the place that you actually live. You know, and a clear mind, clear space, clear mind. Absolutely. It's the first thing I do if I'm like, need to get hella stuff done. I'm like, shit, I got to fucking clean. Like, Like, that's literally the first thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Brown says play is a state of being, purposeless, fun, and pleasurable. And it's that per- like the part that seems like seemingly purposeless, like no one had maybe thought of making cleaning, like that whole process, making it the way that you have with the beauties, because it's like, well, what does that add? You know, like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's an experience, but it's not necessarily, you're not, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you do a great job, but it may or may not make the cleaning better like directly you know what i think it is i think it's a full experience for the clients like for example we've got clients who leave the key with a doorman and that's their 
that's their way of treating themselves. Mm-hmm. Like if we go into how it affects their life, like besides like the beauty going and it's playful because their boss it's is cool pleasurable. and you don't have a uniform. Imagine how it is for that person who works 50, 60 hours a week for, for like some accounting or whatever they're doing. And, and that's their way of treating themselves. And they leave this key and they come home and everything's like sparkling and they don't know who this person is because they leave the key with the doorman and like everything is put in, you know, order. There's chocolate on the pillow. There's all this stuff that goes into like how they please themselves or whatever you want to say, like the pleasure or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. Well, it's like that feeling when you first go into a hotel, when you go stay at a nice hotel. Exactly. Like, yeah. And you're taken like, care of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, almost like a staycation. Like that's how I want the clients to feel because you know, a lot of people book towards the weekend. And that's because that's when the fun starts for certain mm-hmm. people. So for you to walk in your house and you get that hotel feeling, hell yeah. But <laughs> well, actually, and some of your clients take that to a pretty big extreme. You told me about one, like some of them that when they move, how much trust they instill in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're moving from Chelsea to Tribeca. From Chelsea to Tribeca. And it was, you know, basically like, I want you to move me in, but I can't be here. So, you know, it was almost like take everything out of their apartment, put into this new apartment from the moment they opened the door. The only thing they needed to do was take off their shoes, go to sleep. Everything had to be in place down to the toothbrush and the bathroom. Oh, man. So, But that's fun. Like, imagine, like, you can leave and you've got to move, which is one of the most stressful things you can do. And you can trust someone enough and you open the key to the new apartment and everything from the last apartment is there. That's oh, kind of shit. amazing. Did you have fun moving that? I did. Yeah, I mean, because you, you get like this freedom. Yeah, because exactly. But that's an understanding. If you want this level of service, let me rock out and let me be in my peace so I can just do what I need to do. That's and that's all you can expect from a client or a boss is to let you do your job and trust yeah. you to. Exactly. Trust that I know what the hell I'm doing. If not, just leave me alone. Laughing. <laughs> Right. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, D. I know. It's the. It's okay. It's only the truth. It's true. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Thanks for sharing with us. <laughs> Every everything. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So as you might have been able to tell, that play has a lot of benefits. Um. For adults, um, and some of the health benefits uh, are that they keep you functional when you're under stress. Check, which she check, said she yeah. got that. It refreshes your mind and body. Yeah, hell yeah, tag funnest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It encourages teamwork, and we all know that teamwork makes the dream work. True, um, helps you see problems in new ways. I the, love this. She's in all of she's this. She's done all of this. Yeah. Yeah. You went to Google, but <laughs> you just dived in D. And it's, you're hey. a case study right here. Yeah, well, D is the case study, apparently. <laughs> um, and triggers, it helps trigger creativity and innovation. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it increases energy and prevents burnout. So yeah. I'm like all for that. So join a league or like, just start being fun at work if you can. <laughs> well, right. I think that's like really the sweet spot. Obviously, you know, if you're in that grind where there's no fun allowed, then quit your job. Yeah, move actually. To, oh, no. Move to Bali. 
this at. That's like my advice for everyone. Or just like what what were you 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 were speaking about? You mentioned earlier uh, about you know kids who were living under like stressful households. You gotta find a way to make it fun. Exactly, find a way to make it fun. Play a game on the side while you're doing your job at work. I mean, do something. Yeah, it's actually true. Like I think about where I met uh, our friend John at Desigual. The thing that saved it was your other co-workers. I mean, Shelby, you would make a game out. You'd be like, oh, no, the boss is coming. Like, you'd like, hide some shit. Like, you yeah. know, you'd like make a game out of it. And you'd catch yourself being like, I feel like I'm in high school right now when you're like trying to run away from the teachers because they're just trying to and it's a mess lot with of you. Fun. It is. Yeah. yeah. Nobody can. Yeah. You can't last at a place like I, if you don't, if you do, don't yeah. do that. I can't. I mean, it's really great to have it as extracurricular, but trying to work that into your routine your home life, your work you life. You clean fucking houses. <laughs> I mean, you organize them too now, but like that's, yeah, like it's something like you said, most people don't want to do it and you have 3,000, like it wasn't like, okay, when I get enough money, like you built a business out of it and like I, you know, I whenever when you first told me that, I was like, how does she do that? You know, for me, like I do get, I get bored easily of something and I like want to do something like, but you like stick through it. It's the longest job I've ever had. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's because it's yours and you let it evolve and you, you found something fun with it. Yeah. You know what? I think it's like once you, like you, you just spoke about once you realize how important it is to have fun with what you're doing, people you need to love what you do and you need to, no, you actually do or you're going to age quicker and you're going to burn yourself the fuck out. So if you can actually, because there's been days where sometimes I wake up and it's just about getting up and I'm still going to work and I have to catch myself because some days I'm like oh fuck this shit <laughs> and then oh, <laughs> seriously yeah, I have no, that really. moment yeah. that's part of the reason why that's uh, above my bed so I can remind myself get your ass up so listen so I um then I remind myself I'm like no I can make it fun like it's okay like I'm I'm going outside I'm working alone I don't have anybody over my back it'll be like this puzzle I'll do all day it'll be cool whatever just go to work like find something or I'm like I'll download a new CD I'll listen to that while I'm working mm-hmm. there needs to be some sort of element that's what gets you through the day it's healthy like it's just totally. Right. it's totally healthy absolutely play with a persona whatever yeah. Seriously. Yeah, sing it like or you know, sing while you're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Singing makes everything better for me or like dancing while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Music makes everything better. That's Absolutely. why I tell the girls all the time, make sure you bring your phone, plug it up to the speaker and listen to some music while you do yeah. your job. Yeah. And maybe some unicorn juice when you're done. Because Unicor- beauty... <laughs> only when you're done. I take when them out done. to drink sometimes. Yeah, only when you're done. Because beauty is not just on the outside, it's on the inside. So they so they got to have a beautiful spirit when they show up at that door. No one they wants do. to see anyone being like, fuck this. I've had some really pretty girls with really bad attitudes. I'm like, girl, we, this ain't going to Well, you're not going to get tips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and also you're going to get bad reviews. It's a business. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Dee. Do you want to tell us how people can get in contact with Sweeping Beauty? Uh, yes. Uh, Sweeping Beauty and NYC.com or at Sweeping Beauty NYC on Instagram. Slide in them DMs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, That's hilarious, actually. I've always wanted to say that. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> well, now you have. And the whole world can hear. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us, Dee. Thank um, you, Dee. Thank you for having I'm me. So thank happy. you for the unicorn water. Thank you for the strawberries. 
Absolutely. classy ladies. Thank you for the toy. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Of course. Um, and welcome us into your home here and being our first Periscope guinea pig as well. Yes, wonderful. Um, so if you want to learn more about this, we'll be posting on social media. So follow us on all the social medias, including Periscope, Snapchat, Instagram, yeah. at Chill Ambitious. Um, our website is chillandambitious.com and there we'll have show notes, we'll have resources, and we'll be sharing all this information with you shortly. Yeah, I, I, the Periscope thing was really fun. People mm-hmm. got to ask questions deep, oh, real personal questions. Yeah, some oh, of them were a little pervy, but we didn't answer those, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I think we'll, we'll do that again. But yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. Check out our check out the website, get all the information, and we'll see you next time. Yes. So uh, stay beautiful and thanks for being with us. Bye-bye. Bye. Then I woke up in the morning and the clouds had gone away. I was so excited I could hardly wait to play in my sandbox. Do 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 in the sandbox.